Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 737. My name is Scott Volker, and I'm here to help you build a future-proof business and create your ultimate freedom. But there's always a but, right? Well, it's up to you to take this information from this show and take action and become the amazing seller of your life. So if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's do this. All right, so in today's episode, this is going to be a little bit different. This is something I've never discussed before on the podcast. Now, I've talked a little bit about it, but I never went into all of the details. And now that we're about 10 months in, I thought it was about time. Plus, some of you have been reaching out to me saying, Scott, what about this Airbnb thing? Like, how's that going? And, uh, you know, would you do it again? And what's your future plans? And why would you do it? So all of those questions and even like what it costs to get involved in this part of the market because Airbnb, it's a wide market. There's all different types that you can do. I actually niched it down so it was more of a high level or a, you know, a luxury uh, Airbnb on the water, on the lake. And, uh, and I talk all about that in this episode. But I also go into what it took to really get this thing up and running and some of the struggles, but then also what I want to do moving forward in the next, you know, three to five years with these now that I've kind of gotten my feet wet. And the other thing I want to say here before we jump in, and I'm actually going to have a guest come on here uh, and we're going to dig into this. And the guest that I'm having on, his name is Dustin Heiner. He actually, I met him at Pat Flynn's event and he's actually a real estate expert and you know, he's been doing it for a while. He's got over 30 properties right now. So when I met him, I actually was introduced to him by a friend of mine that was there and said, Hey, you got to talk to this guy. And I asked him, I said, Hey, would you want to jump on a podcast and just kind of deep dive into what I'm doing and then I can pick your brain because, you know, I want to be able to leverage more money so I could do more of these. And, you know, is this even a smart move? And what does it look like for the next three to five years if I want to actually do what I want to do? So, we're going to dig into all of that. He's also going to give us some different ways that we could actually do this if we wanted to without, you know, starting right off the bat with a lake house if we wanted to work ourselves up to that. Now, the reason why also that uh, I want to talk about this is because a lot of people ask me, Scott, what do you do when you have profits and you want to reinvest them in something? Is it always back into the business? And the answer is no, it shouldn't be. I mean, yes, you want to invest back in the business so you can grow it. But when you have surplus outside of that, you could be investing it in something and you should be into something that doesn't rely on that business right? Because we want stuff that is out there, some investments that will just keep producing even if we don't, you know, or even if we're not involved. That was my main goal here is like, if I'm going to do this, I want it to have a return, but I also want it to be something that's operating without me being involved. This podcast, the only way that it goes on is if I keep showing up here on the mic and producing these episodes, right? So that's not really something that I could walk away from, not something that I could technically sell. Now, the brand that I'm building with my partner, yes, that is something that we could sell, but one little caveat here is in the beginning, my partner was the face of the brand. We're actually moving away from that now after talking to Joe Valley. So this way here, it's more sellable. So we can go out there and not have it be dependent on one person. And 
actually the way that we're doing that is we're having contributors come in and starting to add content and starting to be more of the spokesperson or people um, for the brand. So that's how you can do that if you're already if you're already up and running and you are the face. But if you are the face, that's fine. Just understand that it's going to be a little bit harder to uh, to sell that brand. But in this case, I wanted to have something that was operating without me being involved. The other cool thing is I'm not going to share all the details right now on this, but I have a way that I've been playing around in the background uh, with uh, building uh, really real estate online. And so this way here, eventually I could have those producing income without me being involved. And I'll, I'll share more about that at another time. But in this episode, we're going to be deep diving in this area of Airbnb. But really, I want you guys to also remember this. This project, this uh, this venture is something that I wasn't considering doing 15 months ago, right? The book that I wrote, The Take Action Effect, that was something that I wasn't thinking about doing 15 months ago either. But here we are, both of those projects are, are done and, and released out into the wild. And the reason why I'm sharing that with you is because there's a lot of things that you might not even be anticipating right now, but will come your way. And once they do, that becomes part of your story. And inside of my book, The Take Action Effect, this is exactly what I mean when we're building out that timeline. There's things that you're doing now that will lead you to that other thing. And you're going to hear in this in this interview that I did with Dustin, and he kind of picks my brain a little bit about like where this all came from and, and where I want to go. And so it's, it's really interesting, but I thought it would make a good podcast episode for you guys that are just, again, thinking to themselves, man, I, I got to have this all figured out. Like, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, don't say that. All right. Do not say that. Uh, and again, if you have not picked up a copy of my book, The Take Action Effect, you probably want to do so because this here will make so much sense. And now that I've wrote the book, if I added a new update to the book, there'd be two more things in the book. One would be the creation of the book, right? Because that wasn't on the radar uh, in the beginning of the book. It was kind of in its beginning stages. And now where's that going to lead, right? And then the other thing was this Airbnb thing. That wasn't really in the mix. It was about halfway through, but it just kind of, it kind of showed itself to me and I acted on it. I took action. And now, well, we'll see where this leads. So the book really, really allows you to see this, okay, for yourself and really go back in time and see where you've come and where you're going. But then how to take that, how to take your skill sets and build upon them and really then double down on your current business or your current venture. And in this case, it's probably for you building your online business. So again, I can go on and on and on about these take action moments. And that was two of them that are fairly new that we're going to see where they lead. All right. So again, if you haven't grabbed the book, go do so. Takeactioneffect.com. And the other thing I'd like you to do is because we all have them. I want to hear what is one of your take action moments in your life that has changed your life in one way, shape, or form. I want you to, once you grab the book, that would be amazing. You take a picture with it and then post it on social hashtag take action moment. And let me know what is a take action moment that you've had in your life that has changed your life in one way, shape, or form. I'd love to hear your story. All right. So with that all being said, guys, let's go ahead and dig in with this conversation that I had with my good new friend, Dustin Heiner. Enjoy. Well, hey, Dustin, what's up, man? 
Thank you for coming on the podcast. What's going on? How you doing? Great, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super, super excited to be here with you. Yeah, no, this is this is going to be exciting. And, you know, I met you uh, at Pat Flynn's event, actually, uh, a few months back. And uh, actually, David, uh, another mutual friend of ours, introduced you and I. And he's like, oh, you got to talk to, you know, to Dustin. Uh, he's the real estate guy. And I'm like, real estate guy? Mm, bring him over, you know? So we got jamming on that. But, uh, and just to let people know, like, I... I wanted to have Dustin on to really talk about not just real estate in general, but really how to diversify your income. And so it's not just, you know, relying on one source. I think we all know diversification means everything and that's in your business, but also outside of your business. So before we do that, give us a little background on Dustin. Who's Dustin? What you up to? And where, how did you even get into this? Yeah. So I, I've been entrepreneurial in my whole life. Like I've, I had a, I had a paper out when I was 13 years old. Hey, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I, I, from that, I started to think, you know, I, I eventually just want to work for myself. My, my dad was an entrepreneur. My stepdad was an entrepreneur. Um, and, uh, my mom was a normal employee, but anyways, long story short, I started thinking I wanted to basically get out of not have, or basically didn't want to work for somebody else. Sure. And little by little, well, first I got my first job at Walmart and I realized how horrible it was because number one, somebody's telling you what to do. Number two, you had to be there whenever they tell you to be there. Number three, they take out so much money or the government <laughs> takes out so much money. So I said, there's gotta be a better way. So fast forward with many of the businesses, like a web graphic website design company, a skateboard manufacturing, a longboard skateboard manufacturing oh, nice. company, a um, uh, commercial real estate, not real estate, um, uh, retail establishment as a convenience store okay. and a pizzeria. I had so many businesses. And then because I wanted to quit my job. Okay. And so I got married. We had started having kids. Everything's going great. But I still had my full time job sure. working 40 plus hours a week and all these other types of businesses that were running on even had my my retail establishment at the same time. Mm. And I said, you know, let me dabble in real estate. So I had so many businesses, but mm. I wanted to see, make sure I have, you know, not really diversified, but I want to see um, how I can make money. Sure. And then at the best, whichever best way is going to, you know, stick, I'm going to go with that. Mm. And so fast forward now, uh, it's, I've been married 13 years now. We have four kids. We travel all over the world. And it's because I bought property after property, all the businesses, all the harder businesses, like having employees or manufacturing, like all this sort of stuff was a lot of work. And the one that was the easiest and the best, I literally only work 30 minutes a month is owning a rental property. And so all the other, I still have plenty of other businesses, sure. but um, real estate is really what allows me, I have the luxury of putting so much time into other businesses because all my money is coming in from real estate, which I don't even do any work. Mm. And it gives me, it frees me up to do other work on my other businesses. Yeah, I love that. And uh, you know, because uh, I shared this story with you, I, I recently got into the Airbnb market and purchase the lake house. And we can go into that story because I haven't really shared too, too much details. I've, I've told people a little bit about it, but I'd like to let people know a little bit more of the inner workings there, how it's been going now that it's been live for two months and starting to see money come back after we dumped a whole bunch of money into it and that whole process. Uh, but like for people that are, you know, again, diversifying, I think revenue streams is key, but what a lot of people don't understand, I think. And it's because you're so focused on like you, you were trying to like create this business to free me from my job. How do you ever think about creating an additional revenue stream that you're like, I can't even get my first one running. Um, but I think to switch that mindset a little bit, because right now that's, that's where I am. I'm like, where, how do I create stuff that will work without me needing to be involved? Right. This podcast, if I go away, it goes away. Right. And you have a podcast, so you know, you know, you know how, how that works, but like, so let's, 
let's kind of just touch on that and then we can we can dive deep into that. But let's before we do that, what's what's your first property? Do you remember your first property and how oh, yeah. you acquired it and how that deal went? And do you still own that property? Give give us a little bit of that first property. That's that's a great question. So I have 30 plus properties now and I don't remember every one of them. I remember the names after you know I look at the statement, I remember the names. Oh, I know that one and that one. But the first one, mm. so I have 30 plus properties. The first one is the only one I ever saw. So out of that's all the 30 fun. properties, I've only seen one and it was before I bought it. So I was really nervous. I took, I, we just got married. My wife and I just got married and I took our entire savings and I said, babe, I'm going to, I want to buy a rental property. Well, I was living in California mm. and it was in 2006, wow. okay. 2006 prices are up. I mean, they're, they're skyrocketing. This is before the crash. And I knew that if I bought in California, number one, I wouldn't make any money. Number two, I'd be paying up the wazoo. Number three, I don't have the money to pay or right. to buy it. Right. So I went to, I flew to Ohio, flew all the way to Ohio, found a city that had really, it's more of an economically depressed uh, market. So the prices were lower, but I still was able to rent out the property for a fairly good amount. So comparative to how much I was putting it. So here's the very first deal. I took $17,000. So I didn't have any debt or sorry, I didn't have any debt, but I didn't have any money. I was living paycheck to paycheck and just kind of like making sure I didn't have debt, but paid, um, you know, uh, spent all my money. My wife brought in a little bit of money and then we started saving more. And then with our, our, um, when we got married, we got a little bit of bone early, like, uh, presents. Yeah. I took $17,000 was in Ohio, looked at a number of properties. Um, I found one, I said, you know what, I'm going to put an offer on it, put an offer in it. It was literally $17,000 cash, wow. no mortgage. It was all said and done. So I own it free and clear and I still own it free and clear today. So for $17,000 cash, I bought it and then I think it rents for 550, so 550 bucks now. So I've, ho- I've held it since 2006 or 2007 ish. And so what's that 12 years? So mm. I've like, at least doubled or tripled my money on how much I put in the property, mm. if not more, you know, buying the property. So from there, I just kept buying more and more after that. Just, I, I realized like all these other businesses, I had so much overhead with employees and so much expenses. And then I realized, man, one, one property, I spent $17,000. I would get from my property manager, like $350 check or a $400 check just from that one property. I said, I didn't do anything. How do I get more of these? And so I just kept doing that over and over again. Okay. So you bought your first one. Uh, Okay. So that one there is, you you bought it free and clear. So 17 grand. And, you know, we had a, I'm from upstate New York. So there's, there was some, some areas in, and I mean, I think every area has those depressed areas, right? Or, you know, that, that are just not the greatest, but you can buy houses for inexpensive uh, price. My thing always with that was like, oh man, like I'm managing it. Right. Like, and then like, I don't want to go into that area. I mean, I don't even want to like drive in that area. Right. Like I just don't want to, I don't want it when it, when a plumbing leak happens or whatever, I know I could call someone, but then that dips into my net. What was the, like, did you have like the numbers ran before you went into that deal or what did you learn from that first deal that you're like, ah, my next one, make sure I don't do that. That's a great question. So they, what it, in economically depressed areas where you're going to have tenants that are more lower class, they don't have much money. I mean, if somebody can't save up $17,000 to buy a house and they're right. still renting, there's, there's something, you know, an issue. So in certain uh, certain areas, these are like D-class properties that I, that's the only one I can get was my a D-class property. Yeah. There are certain ways to run the business in order to make your make sure your cash flow stays consistent mm-hmm. and that you're making money as opposed to losing money. I had to figure that out over the long term. So basically, what I did um, when you, uh, one of your party questions was um, running the numbers. Sure. So that's what I love about real estate is. I can run the numbers and make sure all my expenses are lined up. Now there will be some things that might 
you know, pop up, sure. like a furnace goes out or something like that. But I pad that in, which mm-hmm. is called um, capital reserves and repairs. But anyways, so I make sure all my expenses are lined up and I calculate how's, how everything that I'm going to have for expenses mm-hmm. and, and you know, including taxes, property manager, um, insurance. So here's a, a funny thing. Um, I don't pay property managers. I don't pay taxes. I don't pay my insurance. I personally don't. My tenants pay those. Right. It's so amazing that I get money, they pay those expenses, and then so income and expenses, that gap right there is what goes in my pocket. That's what allows me to live my life and you know do whatever I want. So lessons that I learned are really how to actually manage a D class area, and that translated into a, a C, a B, and A. If you don't know what the classes are, mm-hmm. classes are basically that um, certain types of homes are uh, like this is a D would be obviously if you get a grade in, in school, a sure. D is a lower C, B, A. So that's how it works out. But with these D class properties, you need to learn how to manage them well, treat it like a business so that you make money. You know, if you, there's always a sob story like, oh, my, my car got stolen or somebody broke into my car. Wait, you just mm-hmm. said it got stolen. How'd they break it in? You know, like right. it's still like right. the next month. Like it, there's right. so many stories, but you had to learn how to, and I, I've actually written a ton about all this stuff because I learned so many lessons mm. because my income was like this, like this, like this, like this, and like this. Mm. And so what I had to do was make it this way and I had to implement certain business rules. But the biggest thing is I don't want to drive there because I, I lived in California. I didn't want to drive to Ohio or fly to Ohio and right. fix things. Right. So I hired a property manager. Mm-hmm. And if the manager, here's a big key. If the manager is not willing to manage a property in whatever area that you're going to be investing, then it's probably not worth buying because you can't manage it. You'd have to do it yourself. And so there are certain areas of the country where you can't find a property manager. Mm -hmm. Then if that's the case, then you probably should move on. But yeah, for me, it was a stepping stone to get, you know, to 40, $50,000 homes, eventually $200,000 homes. I personally don't go above maybe 200,000 is the top because above that, you're just paying a lot more money and not getting a big return. Mm -hmm. Okay. So speaking of that, so I, I'll give you a little bit of my backstory on the rental. I owned a rental property. Actually, I owned two. Um, one of them was my, um, my father-in-law passed away when he was 56 years old, cancer, terrible. And he left my wife a piece of land, about two acres, which we ended up building our home on. And then also he had a home that was next to it, a little ranch. It's about 1200 square foot. So we ended up, actually, I moved into that house when we were building my other house. It was convenient because it was right there. But then we rented the house out. So we rented it out. And the very first tenant that we had, okay, uh, we had to evict them. <laughs> and in New York, I don't know where it is or what it's like in other areas, but in New York, we had no rights to go in there until about 90 days when the sheriff pulled up because I tried it. I went in actually when they were gone, I went in, I changed the locks and all that stuff. And the cops come over and go, you can't do that, man. You don't, you can't, you can't go. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's my house. And they're like, I, it, you just can't. It's a civil case. We can't even get involved till the sheriff comes out. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I have this, they're not paying me rent. I got to pay the taxes. I got to pay all this stuff. And they're not being able. So that gave me a really bad taste in, in my mouth, but I did it. I learned through that lesson and everything. Right. So then we went out and uh, we finally got him evicted about two to $3,000 worth of damage insurance covered it. That was great, but it was still a hassle. And then from there we rented it out to someone else and that was okay. Then they left. And then I had a tenant that came in that was phenomenal. I ended up selling the house to them when I moved here to South Carolina, but she was great, but That's I didn't, great. but yeah, I lucked out on that. But the problem I seen with that, this was my own thing is I was like, okay, my net every single month isn't that much. I mean, it's, let's call it three, $400. Okay. 
and it's the house is being paid down. We all know that, right? It had a small mortgage on it. It's being paid down. It's getting some equity depending on the area. So, you know, it may go up a little bit. It may stay the same depending on the area if it's going down. And so that gave me a bad taste in my mouth. So I was like, you know what? I'm out of this real estate game. I'm not doing it, right? I'm selling it. I don't want the headaches. I'd get a phone call. I would dread the phone call. Now, fast forward, I found a new model that I like even better, and that's what I'm going to talk to you about, and that's the Airbnb space. And I've already seen it. I've only had like two months of experience here with this right now, but I'll tell you what, it's pretty pretty nice, but there are bigger money involved here. You know what I mean? And we have like a different type of class. It's This is like probably an A or an A plus class. Uh, we're talking like uh, someone that can afford six grand a week to stay in your home. So let's walk through that. So my thing about like having these houses where I'm only making, how much do you want to make on a deal that makes you feel like I'm safe, you know, like now moving forward? Like if you had some money to invest right now, if someone had a business and they're like, I want to take some of my, my extra money and I want to invest it in real estate, where would you tell that person to go? I would tell, well, if, if they're wanting to get started, mm -hmm. there's obviously A all the way down to D class properties. Sure. What I would say is, let's look at where you're starting from. Like if you don't have, if you have very little money or if you have more money, if you have a lot of money, like we need to sit, look at where you're starting from, but then also look at your goals. Where do you want to get to? Mm -hmm. And we can map out a plan there. But if let's just give round numbers. Let's say somebody has a decent sized business mm -hmm. and they said, you know what? I mean, I was listening to, to Dustin Scott and we're, real estate might be a good way to go. And so if it's, if it's a good way to go, let's look at saying, okay, where you're coming from. If you have like, let's say you have $100,000 saved up. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. But yeah. if you have $100,000 saved up, more than likely I can help you or I can show you how to get properties in the Midwest just to get started, to get your feet wet. I can show you how to get at least two, maybe three properties with that $100,000 that are making you a minimum of $250 or more each month. And when you ask the question, like, what do you shoot for? Mm -hmm. I always tell all my students, shoot for a minimum. That's the rock bottom of $250 of passive income every single month. And what I love about rental properties is you really don't have to be that smart. Mm -hmm. It's addition and subtraction and a little bit of multiplication. So you got right. income minus your expenses. That's the profit right there. And then you just multiply it. So if you have one property making $250 a month, you get 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month. It's 12, uh, 20 properties, that's $5,000 a month. And so you just keep growing up from there. Now it's it's more like the economy is a scale. The more you get, the, the easier it gets for you. I literally haven't written a check and paid a, a, a like a contract or anything in like years because all my properties, all the money that brings in, it just, all the expenses get paid out from the, the profit that I'm getting in. Okay. So if somebody's looking to get started, what I would suggest is, looking outside of the area that you live in, because I, I wouldn't say that uh, it's a problem to invest in New York or even Washington, D.C. or San Francisco. You just don't, ha you have to have a different business model, which is what we'll get to in just a second, yeah. being Airbnb. But mm. what you can do is with you, when you have a rental property, you actually make money six different ways. So we'll go through them. So you make money with passive income. So every single month, $250 or more every single month. Mm -hmm. number, uh, number one is that. Number two is you equity capture. So when you buy the property, mm -hmm. you want to be an investor. You buy it low and you sell high if you ever sell it. So you capture equity. So you buy, buy a $100,000 house, but you pay eighty grand for it. Well, you captured $20,000. There's forced appreciation where you fix it up. You put paint on the walls, you fix the carpet or whatever, and you make the value of the property go up. There's also market appreciation. Just in general, the market sure. goes up. Mm -hmm. There's also, and I love this one. You mentioned this earlier. This is next to the um, cash flow. This is one of my favorites is where the tenant pays down your debt for you. So, and your interest, the, right. the principal and interest. So if you buy a hundred thousand dollar house, if you get an FHA loan, which is three and a half percent down, you're only in 
90 or three, $3,500. Mm-hmm. But then you pay, uh, you have a balance of $96,500. Mm-hmm. The beautiful thing is you get interest, but your tenant pays that interest, pays the principal that you pay, they pay the rest of it for you. Mm-hmm. And the last one is tax advantages. You get so many, di- like owning a business is great, but having real estate is even, even more because it's a business too, but you have more tax advantages. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, um, Scott, with your investing in New York, you were uh, blessed with the property, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, if somebody doesn't have that ability to have that property, what I would suggest is look outside your area. I, I was living in California and I realized I couldn't buy and make money. So I went out of state. Okay. And that's something I love to do is I love to show so many people, or basically everybody, you don't have to invest in your backyard or even like 10 miles around you. Mm-hmm. You can invest thousands of miles away and you have property managers do the work for you. So I know we want to talk about your Airbnb. So let's mm-hmm. talk about, so tell me a little bit about the deal. Like, like, yeah. um, you know, how did you find it? What did you buy it for? Yeah. If, if you're willing to talk about that yeah, yeah. and then we can get into it. Yeah. I, I, and I've never shared this either, by the way. So I'm going to share it here on air. Uh, and I have no problem doing that. Uh, cause it's taken a long time to get to this point. So I just want people to understand too, that depending on where you are and what you're willing to risk or put into the deal is totally up to you. Um, but, uh, kind of, I want to give a little bit of a backstory. So how this even happened. So I basically run masterminds, I run workshops and I wanted a place that I could host these. And so I started looking at lake houses in this area. So now I'm in, I'm in uh, South Carolina now, actually the house is in North Carolina. I'm literally 30 minutes from Charlotte. So there's a lake called Lake Norman. So I was looking at Lake Norman and, uh, and I said, you know what, this, uh, this looks like a great lake. I would love to have a retreat there or a mastermind or a workshop. So let's go ahead and see what these are going to cost me. So I started looking at properties and they were anywhere from $6,000 to $12,000 to rent it for a week. I'm like, holy crap, like that's a lot of money, but I'm, you know, i these are high level people. I'm willing to invest that in that and they're going to be paying to, to attend this. So it all balances out and it'll be a beautiful place. So then I started thinking as the entrepreneur, I'm like, damn, that's a lot of money to be spending on that. I imagine if I could get into this market, like what that would be crazy. So I started looking at properties, but the person that I was reaching out to that was, that was offering these for sale, I actually struck up a conversation with him. And then he's like, if you want to get in, in, if you want to get in the game, I'd be more than happy to sit down with you. And I'm like, okay, now this guy came over from Australia five years ago and he's built this little mini empire where all he focuses on is high level lakefront properties. That's it. That's his niche. He doesn't do anything other than that. So, I mean, every house that he has is probably a minimum of, uh, I would say, a million dollars. So it's anywhere from a million to probably 2.5, 3 million. Um, and so he did five of these himself. But then what happened was, is he started to see that there's, there was a market for people to get man- to manage these properties. So someone like me comes in, I give him a piece of real estate, which is his inventory now. He locks me up for a two-year deal. He's making money, but he takes care of everything. I'm talking everything from SEO, the Facebook ads, retargeting, like all of that. I mean, he actually out he outranks Airbnb, um, you know, the, the actual main site. So he actually outranks them. So yeah, so he spent a ton of money on that too. The guy's not, he's not afraid to spend money. So he did all this stuff. So I got talking to him. So then I started looking at deals. And he gave me a whole performa of like what it would, what it would make. And here's the slow months. Here's, you know, here's from the past five years. He gave me all the numbers. So I, I'm looking at like black and white. Now he's like, don't think you're going to get these, you know, year one. It might be like year two, year three, but I do guarantee that you're going to probably, you're going to be able to pay for the property. And I'm like, okay, well, that's a no brainer. So, uh, so that's how we struck the deal. So then I ended up finding a house that he actually, um, that he had found. And he said, this would make a perfect, now again, 
I'm in like validation, like in my business, right? Like, so if I'm going to launch a product, if I'm going to launch a business, I want to validate it. I want to know the area. So even if I didn't use him, I'm going to use where his houses are to tell me that there's people actually wanting to rent there. Right. So I used him as a validation. So anyone listening right now, it's the same thing as like, if I want to see if a product's selling well, I go to Amazon. I see if people are buying it. I see the reviews. It kind of validates that people want this product. Same idea, just at a different scale. So anyway, so um, I said, you know what? Instead of reinvent the wheel here, let's just kind of roll with this guy and see what happens. And he's going to take care of it. His blue sky in this whole thing is me buying a house and giving it to him to rent. He only makes money if he rents it. So I'm like, okay. So anyway, so we found a house and I believe it was like about 860 grand was the, was the price tag. The house was probably, it, and actually a deal fell through because they had a family emergency um, that they had to back out of the deal. That's the only reason why this deal came back. It actually, the house was probably about a $900,000 home right on the water, lakefront. I mean, literally right there. And I'm like, man, this is like a huge investment. This is more than my house, right? Like, you know, like, <laughs> this is crazy, right? And I'm like, but man, I'm, I'm, the numbers are, are kind of making sense. But then I had, we had to do a full re, uh, uh, renovation. So the renovation to make it up to speed because he doesn't just list anything. It's got to meet his expectations and his client's expectations. It's got to be high end. It's got to have certain look, a certain feel, you know, a certain location, all that stuff. So, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, we're about a million, about a million, probably 50,000 in it. So just say a little bit over a million in it. Okay. So went out, leveraged some money, right? But I took money out of my own pocket as a down payment. 20% down. Uh, we did, uh, 20. Yep. Okay. 20%. And then, um, and then from there I, pu- I put, uh, probably about a hundred grand of my own out of my own pocket for the rent. Make it look, look as awesome as it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so that process was only supposed to take four months. It ended up taking six. So already Scott's in the hole for two months. Yep. Okay. Two months that almost was peak. Actually it was in about, we, we went live in June, middle of June. And from there, we ended up, um, we rented out for two weeks there, which actually paid pretty much for the, the entire property. So basically all in, I got to have about $5,000 a month to cover costs. Okay. So I'll give you a little, you know, backstory on, on, on what's happened so far. We rented it out for uh, basically two weeks in June and we brought in after management fees and all, all of the fees. I think we brought in around six grand. That's awesome. For and two then, weeks, you said? For two weeks. Wow. Right. And, and then in July we brought in net. I, after, again, I had, there, there was, there was other expenses like startup costs. Like we had pictures taken from professional photographer. We had to, you had to, everything in a, in an Airbnb has to be fully stocked, right? Everything's got to be there. You need towels. You need like, everything's got to be there. Like a hotel soaps and, and all kinds of stuff in the, in the pantries, like all these things, you need special locks on the doors So the tenants can't get in there, like all of this stuff. So we probably spent four or, or 5,000 just on startup costs to get that thing ready to go. All right. So uh, we had a co- we had to buy two kayaks for out there so people could go do kayaking. There's a boat dock. We don't have a boat, but we have the boat dock. Um, so all of that stuff. So then in July, I netted in my pocket. I say netted. It's still I, I'm still in the hole, right? Because I, I've invested <laughs> money. But the cost now, I put in thirteen thousand in my pocket. Okay, that's so that's basically the second. That's that's July, and then in August we did just under fifteen. Now that's after management cost, all that, right? Now out of that, I got to pay my my five grand. So let's just say I netted ten, right? But here's the deal. Here's how I'm thinking. Well, moving forward here, some of these months might not be full. So I need to take that money, set it aside 
And if I have a rainy day, then I got to pay for it there. So that's my mindset. It's not like, oh, I made this money. I'm going to do this. But the house has been paid for. And it's funny. Another little funny story here. The guy that sold me the house, he reached back out to me. He goes, hey, man, the house looks freaking amazing. Like I've seen the pictures. You did an awesome job. And he goes, the money's probably pouring in. And I go, well, it's coming in. But dude, I'm still in the hole. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's a, that's, I've launched physical product brands. I've launched digital product brands. I've never had this much of a startup cost. Like this is crazy, right? It's a little hard to get used to. And he says to me, he goes, well, if this makes you feel any better, he goes, I just sold a house about probably around a quarter mile from where you are. And your house is nicer on a better lot. And I sold it for a million three. Now I could possibly, he said, I mean, I I'm taking his word for it. He said, if I was to list your property right now, I could probably have it sold in two to three weeks for probably a million three. So I would, if I just wanted to wipe my hands of it, I could probably do that and probably make 150, 200 grand on that deal. But because the location of where it is and the premium property is so limited. So that's where I'm at, man. So what's your thoughts on all that? So number one, I think it's fantastic. Um, What's great about, Airbnb, VRBO, these types of websites that are allowing you to rent it out per day mm. as opposed to per month, mm. you make a killing. You make that's a, There's a reason why hotels make so much money mm-hmm. and there are so many of them because they rent it out per day. So here's basically the way it works out. If you have a regular house that you're gonna be renting out for let's say $1,500 a month, it's a normal you know, you know, three bedroom, two bath, $200,000 you'd buy it for. Mm-hmm. And so you're gonna rent it out for $1,500 a month. Well, if you rent it out for $100 a day, as opposed to $1,500 a month, plus $3,000 instead of $1,500. Right. So it's, it's being able to have a premium product, which is what yours, I saw the pictures. I mean, it looks yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. It's a premium product. You put all the neat, all the uh, necessities that you, not just necessities, but even extra like luxury things like the kayaks, like you said, that's mm-hmm. brilliant. And mm-hmm. what I love about what you did was you talked to the property manager. Mm-hmm. And so what I always tell so many, like basically everybody is, the hard part is building the business first. Mm-hmm. The easy thing is buying the property. Anybody can just buy a property. There's millions of them all over the country. Right. But the hard thing is to build the business first. And the way you do that is by, number one, finding the right property manager mm-hmm. and then hiring them to actually give you insights into what, what needs to be in the property, what doesn't. You know, Should you fix it up like this or should you do this or buy kayaks? Is that going to get a, more of a premium? So you did it right by building the business first, having the property manager tell you, mm. if you want to get this, 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 and this, or if you basically want to make a lot of money, you need to put this much money into it, yes. but it's coming back in return. So mm. not everybody has, you know, you're, you're blessed to have that, that much money, that ability to get Crazy. into it, but you don't have to buy the lake houses in order to do Airbnb. No. There are places like I, I, so just recently I went to Orlando, Florida. I had a podcast movement conference there in August. Mm-hmm. And then I had another conference in, in Washington, DC mm-hmm. and uh, a month later, so because I have rental properties, I just travel. So here's, here's basically what happened was we drove, started from Orlando, drove all the way up to New York City, then came back to Washington, D.C., and then flew back to Phoenix. So Phoenix, Orlando drove, and then Washington, D.C. flew back. But in that time, we stayed at Airbnb all over. And so mm-hmm. we didn't stay at big cities all the time. Mm-hmm. And so even if it's a big city or if it's on the lake, if it's on the ocean, if it's rural, Airbnb works really, really well. And it's getting so much more popular. Mm-hmm. But here's the key. You're renting out per day. That's why you can make so much money. I bet mm-hmm. if, if you wanted to rent it out per month, you might make $6,000 probably, exactly. maybe seven. Right. And so now you're making so much more because it's a luxury item. Mm-hmm. And it's somebody saying, man, th- I, this is so, like, this is not my house. I, m- most people will think mm-hmm. I'm used to paying an X dollar amount for my mortgage. But when they go on vacation, like, hey, you know, we're on vacation. This is an amazing place. Let's spend more money. Right. 
Right. Yeah. No, it, it, that's what lit me up. Now, the other thing is a little side note here is when I was starting to do this on my side, on the side, when I was, before I really got involved with this guy, I also started being worried about like some areas and districts don't allow Airbnb. So that's something that's else huge. that could have came up and it could have hooked me. Right. But again, I said, you know what, this guy, he knows it. I'm either going to buy in the same neighborhood as him. Right. Because he's already validated that. Or I'm going to partner with this guy because I look at this guy as like a partner. Right. He wants me to succeed because if I succeed, my property is his property. Yeah. And, and, and for every for every twenty thousand dollars that house brings in, he's going to get five. Like, so he's good with it. Like, you know, all his resources are are dialed in. So he's actually, he's double dipped in a sense. He's got five of his own properties. He did one a year since he's been here. Um, And then he built this management company that now he's getting people like me to come in and add inventory that doesn't cost him anything. And he just makes money on the back end, but he's got his systems in place. So it is brilliant. Um, But the other part of this that I really liked that was exciting was, A, I've got a lake house now that if I want to go up there and it's not being rented, I can go up there and enjoy it. Right. So now I wouldn't just buy that lake house to go and just enjoy it because it's a lot of money. I, I wouldn't be that type of guy. I don't need that. It's nice, but I wouldn't need it. I'd rent it like an Airbnb like I'm doing. Right. Um, because I wouldn't want that huge expense every single month. Um, the other thing is, is because I am in the business that I am like I plan on doing workshops there and masterminds and stuff. So people will pay money to come to this to work with me privately in a small environment and we'll get to enjoy the house together and then I can rent it out as as an Airbnb. So there's those those are the three lines that I'm looking at when I when I convinced myself that holy crap, are we really going to do this? And I'm t- I'll tell you what, Dustin, like I questioned myself all the way up to the time that we rented. I'm like, did I make the right thing? What am I doing? <laughs> like all that stuff creeps into your head, you know? Um, and I, I quickly want to touch on what yeah. you said in the very, very beginning is creating automatic businesses. Now, that's the only type of business that I create now. Um, even I'm starting a gym and it's going to be an automatic gym. Basically, I'm not even have to be there. I could live in another state and it'll still work. But every single business that I create, I'm trying to make it as automated as possible. So I physically do not have to do any work. And so what I, what I love to do is in talking to people like you, Scott, and say, okay, what's your business like? What are you doing? And here's the thing. Um, now let me, before I get to that, uh, let me ask you a question. Did you buy the house in another company or did you put it under your brand? I did not put it under my brand. Um, and uh, so it's its own separate thing as of right now. That's, that's brilliant. That's absolutely okay. the way yeah, to I did go. not put it under, under, under this brand. I, I basically just had it. It's own, it's own, it's its own entity. You yeah, absolutely need to do that. So along with making businesses for me, what I try to do along with making them as automated as possible. So I don't have to be there. I try to see how every single way that I can make money, even making money from myself. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give you quickly, and this goes in exactly what you did with your property. So in the gym that I'm creating, um, hopefully it's, it's going to be a 24-hour gym. It's going to be like a CrossFit gym, but not like a global gym. All, long, it's not going to be classes. So I have my whole business model, and I've seen it work other places, so I'm going to implement it. So this is the way it's going to work out. And this is how I'm going to make more money. Just you know, re- just having one location, I make right. money. But let me let me walk it through. So one location, if I have one business that's running the one location, that's one company. Every other company that I give, you know, six, seven, eight, they're going to be another company. If I franchise, every single one's going to be another company. Then there's going to be the franchise arm that the company that owns all of this and owns all the franchise. And then I'm going to have the real estate arm that owns all the real estate. So all all these different companies, Mm -hmm. each one hopefully paying into the other. Mm -hmm. And in the end, the real estate, if I want to sell the business, mm-hmm. I still have the real estate. That's what I love. I absolutely love real estate. Business is just a way to make money. And if you know much about McDonald's, 
there was a story, basically the um, uh, Ray Kroc went into like a business school and he, he said, all right, everybody, what business am I in? Like, what do I do mm. as a business at McDonald's? And everybody said, oh, well, hamburgers or milkshakes or whatever. He says, right. no, none of that. I'm in the real estate business. Mm. I buy land and I give somebody a business to, that they can pay me rent. That's where I make money. So they're mm. one of the biggest real estate holders in the world. Right. And that's their business is real estate. So I love how you have the business that's painting into itself. And you can continually do that mm. and make an automatic and paying, you know, instead of paying somebody else, you're paying yourself. So mm. I think it's a brilliant business model. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. And I mean, the only reason why I even did this was because I had the management company in place. If I didn't have that, I would not want it because already I can see my statement. There was a plumbing issue that, and it says there, I was billed for it, but I never heard about it. I never heard about it. I just seen a line item. I'm like, oh, you know, plumber came, you know, whatever, fix this, whatever. Um, so I don't ever see that. And it's funny, my, my wife and I, you know, we always do business together whenever we have these ideas. And you know, she was like, you know, maybe we should do our own management company. Like, and I'm like, that's a good idea, but it's a whole nother business. And there's a whole man, whole bunch of other moving parts. And, and she's like, yeah, but we're paying them like this. And I go, yes, but listen, we have not heard from them. Right. So absolutely, I like that. So now, you know, does my brain start to crank a little bit and go, wow, that'd be a good business model to let other people do what this guy's well, doing, maybe in a different area, but well, Scott, my, my, I, I love that thinking, how to, how to create more businesses and stuff. Mm. So remember, we're, this is my thinking. This is why I don't do property management. I mm. hate even the thought of trying to do managing properties yeah. is that's a heavily labor-intensive, he, heavily time-intensive business. Now, if you want to create it and you like it, plus you got to deal with tenants, you got to deal with all, mm. all these you know, uh, customer service. Yeah. I want to have, not have to do that. So I'm completely fine with paying somebody mm. a lot of money yep. as long as I'm making even more money 100%. so that they do all the work so I have nothing to do with the property. But you said you hit the nail absolutely on the head. You had the property manager. You basically had the business, um, the idea of the business, the business structure, the business mm -hmm. model already proven someplace else, which is what I love. I love everybody else, you know, lose money and then, oh, they start making money. Okay, I'll jump on it now. Mm -hmm. And so you had the property manager. See, I went into, I was going to invest in Springfield, Illinois after I started in Ohio. Okay, I'm branching out. Mm -hmm. So right now I invest in Texas, Ohio, and Arizona. Okay. And so I wanted to go to Illinois. And I flew out there, looked at the properties, talked to property managers, but I could not find a good property manager, at least one that I could work well with and that I could trust. Okay. And so I decided I'm not going to invest here. So I moved on. So that's absolutely, you, you did it absolutely right. Mm. So good for you. Awesome. Thank you. I'm glad I did it right. <laughs> uh, so let, let me ask you, oh, actually, before I ask you this next question, um, and this is a personal question that I want you to answer and help me with, um, but there was actually another situation. So let's just say, for example, someone's listening to this and like, oh my gosh, Scott, like there's no way I could ever do that right now. And it's like, okay, you know, you, you it's okay. You can still do other things. There's this um, guy that I actually met at my, it was funny how this all kind of just lined up though. It's just weird how it happens, right? Um, I was at my daughter's volleyball, um, practice and a guy came up and we just struck up a conversation. We started talking about Lake Norman and stuff. And he was like, Oh, I own, uh, or my father owned, owned an RV park there. We're now converting it into Airbnb mini homes or like, uh, what are they? Tiny homes. And so I'm like, interesting. And I go, actually, I'm looking to, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, doing a rehab right now. We're going to, and he's like, Oh, whereabouts? I told him, he's like, yeah, we're just down the way. He goes, we got, I think they got enough for like 75 or a hundred units right? For their RV park. So his father's had this. Now they've had the land, but what they've done 
is they've switched it up to where they're buying tiny homes for about 75 grand. They're dropping them on the property. They're already plumbed. They're already wired, right? All they got to do is just hook in. And now people are paying anywhere from 150 to 250 tonight to stay in a tiny home because it's on the lake, right? So again, maybe you find something smaller and you can still do the same idea. But again, for me, the lake was the draw. And, and, I, and I looked at like, if I could, if I'm going to invest, I like that because number one, the property value generally is going to be higher in it. To me, it's, it's a little bit safer in a sense, because this is what I've been told. I don't know if I'm, I'm right or not, but just that the lake properties are generally the last to get hit when, if you had some type of dip, don't know if that's right or right, but it makes, it makes it sense to me that there's limited amount of it, Right. So because of that, it's more scarce and it just becomes a little bit more valuable. Um, so I was thinking to myself, even if I didn't want to do another house at that level, I could do another one, just a smaller one, maybe make it really, you know, maybe, maybe drop, you know, I don't know, 20, 30,000 and get it up to speed. And then maybe you rent it out. And maybe that mortgage on that, on that place is 1500 or two grand, but you can get 250, 300 a night. Again, do the math. Right. So again, that's what was kind of cranky. But if someone's listening, you don't have to go that big. Just understand that what we're really trying to do is build something externally or take some of our money over here externally and then have something that is being run without me or, you know, you, Dustin, being involved um, to, to create that passive income in a sense, the best that you can. You know? Yeah. And I have a couple of thoughts. Um, number one, if you're going to invest in a mobile home park yeah. or something like this, where it's a tiny home park, which is very, it's, it's definitely trendy. Yeah. It's very in fad right now. I'm not sure if it'll stay or okay. go. I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. saying good or bad at that. Mm -hmm. But one thing that if you're going to be investing in real estate, I would say you own the land. The land is what's important. Mm -hmm. And here's the reason why. When you value a house, just like your house that you're yep. living in, yep. you look at comparable sales and look at, say, okay, this similar type of house sold for this. This is what this should go for. If it's a mobile home, it is only valued of the land. Like if you're going to sell it, it's just the land because yep. it's not attached. It's not an improvement to the land. It's yep. sitting on top. Yep. So just a quick, quick thing. You want to own the mobile home park, the land. Mm. You don't want to own mobile homes. Mobile homes are depreciating assets. Yeah. Homes are you know, physically attached. Sure. They're going to appreciate in value. And so that's what you want to go for. Mm. But along with that, absolutely. That's, that's the great thing that I love about real estate. I love business in general. Like I'm a businessman. I mm. love business, sure. but I'm also, I, I absolutely love real estate because for many different reasons, I remember the six reasons I already told you about the reasons why, uh, or how you make money in real estate. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, a lot of people, when they think about getting and starting investing in real estate, they might hear one or two people, you know, hear a bad story, then hear a good story, then hear a bad story and hear a good story. Sure. They might be thinking, well, this person did it this way. Let me try to do it that way. Mm. Or this person did this way. Let me try to do it that way. Mm. What's great about real estate is there's so many different ways to make money. So many different types of properties, so many different types of ways to make money, mm -hmm. so many different ways to fund the deal. There's, there's a gamut of, of different things. And that's what I love with my students because I get students, I, just like I said at the very beginning, we want to see where you are currently and where you want to go. Mm -hmm. And we figure out, I help you to see uh, at least five or six different steps to get there. Mm -hmm. And then you make the best decision. So there's so many different options, but most of us don't know these options unless we're actually working in the business. So mm. you're, you're absolutely right. I think that if you have just the desire, it's, that's the first step and then start learning and seeing where you want to go with your business. Mm. It is such a great thing to have because all these businesses that I'm creating, it's just luxury now, like my gym. It's just like, you know, I like going to the gym. Let me go mm. ahead and create a, a, right. a business. And I have, so uh, the, um, the reason why I'm building the gym is I saw the same business model in another state 
And the guy's making like $20,000 a month. Nice. And he has, anyways, long story short, yeah. I'm like, man, I can make that money. Plus I get own real estate. Plus I can have other locations, mm. all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And so basically having a business with real estate allows me to continue to build more businesses. Yeah. Uh, okay. So let's, let's turn this over to a little bit of a coaching call for you that you can coach me. Uh, yeah. So what, and you and I talked a little bit about this, but you know, I, I said to my wife, I go, you know what, like we got to let this run a year and see like how it feels like a full run of it and understand that the first year is always the slower year generally, um, because this year is building up reviews, just like anything, like we're getting reviews, we're getting all positive reviews, um, which is another thing that their company does. Like they solicit for the reviews because they know how important they are. And so we're getting those and it's building up. And he told us this, he goes, you know, you're, you're not going to do as good your first year as your second and your third and your fourth. Um, but now in my head, I'm like, this is beautiful because now this is something that doesn't reside, you know, re- doesn't rely on me, right? And if something did happen to me, my, my wife has it, my family has it, right? That's a good thing to have. So in my head, I'm like, I want five of these, right? I want five, man. That, that's yeah. what I'm shooting for, right? So, and then the other thing that I'm thinking too, and, and again, I was, I was told this and it got uh, another way that you could leverage the property. And another thing that I was thinking, like in five years, I could turn around and say this house, number one, has appreciated 200 grand. I can go take a refi on that for 200 grand. I can take that money and put it in my own account. And then the tenant's paying it back. It's technically a loan, right? So it's not necessarily profit at this point. And again, I'm not a tax advisor, legal advisor, none of that stuff, but that's how I'm thinking of it. I'm like, and then after you get done and you're to the fifth house, by that time, the first one's ready to do it again. So you can almost have you know, a hundred grand coming in with just refi stuff that could bring money back into your life and into, or maybe into another property or whatever. So, okay. That's kind of where my big vision is right now. Like over the next five to six, seven years, I'd like to do three to five. How do I do it without having to take another couple hundred grand of my own money and invest in something like this? How do you go down that road? I, so I'm going to definitely say that you're going down the absolute right track as well as if you, if, and when you take a loan out, you are not taxed because it is not profit. You, mm. It's just your own money that you're yeah. pulling out, but your tenants are paying it. I've done this. Beautiful. I've done this strategy so many times, literally taking money out of the property. Mm-hmm. I've even bundled properties together so I can pull even more money out to buy even bigger properties. Mm-hmm. I've done that so many times and it's absolutely the best way to go because you're leveraging other people's money as opposed to your own. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple different things that I would suggest for you. Okay. Number one, every penny that you're, unless you absolutely need it, every penny that this, this um, property, one property makes, do not spend it. Okay. Put it in a savings account. Somebody's going to you know, be making like, I don't know, two and a half percent. Don't put in like a long-term CD because you want to have a liquid, mm-hmm. but you want to save that money so that that can then go into a, the next property. Okay. So let's say if you're making $10,000 um, a month, uh, you know, obviously fluctuates up and down, but sure. we're just going to say round numbers, sure. making $10,000 a month. Let's just say if you, after ex- some expenses come up, maybe you might have $100,000 saved from that one property, give or take. Even if we cut it in half and you had $50,000 saved, mm-hmm. that's so much more for the next property. So sure. that's one, save every single penny okay. that you can then put into. That's how I got my business so fast mm-hmm. or I'm so big so fast is because I saved every penny. The next thing that I want you to do is I want you to look at the equity that you have in your house and seeing how best you can utilize that. Now, it may be a home equity line of credit. Mm -hmm. It may be a cash out refinance, which like I said, I've done that so many times. In fact, now I buy properties with cash, like $150,000 property with cash, then fix it up, get it rented out, then cash or uh, recash out refinance, pull all that money out and then buy another property. So I'm basically Mm -hmm. recycling that money 
over and over again. So those, gotcha. those are two big things that you can do for the finances, you know, the, the, um, the money to buy the next property. The next thing that I want you to do is I want you, even now, even though you're not ready to buy a property mm-hmm. all, every day, maybe every other day, whatever area, if you want to keep going in the same area, which sounds like a fantastic area, mm-hmm. be watching listings. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going to happen is, and you've already know a little bit of the market because you've already owned a property there, yeah. but because you're going to be looking at the market in the area, like the exact area that you're in, it might take you maybe a week. Mm-hmm. And then after a week, you're going to know every single property and you're going to see, Hey, the price went up, the price went down. Oh, here's a new property. Mm-hmm. Here's a new deal. So be looking at everything that's for sale on the MLS, which is the multiple listing service, everything that realtors would show you. Sure. Here's another thing that I want to give you. I also want you to be talking to the neighbors all around there mm-hmm. and say, Hey, you know, I, I, I love this community. We love being here. My family comes here. I want to make sure that this community stays good. Mm-hmm. All the neighbors around say, if, if you know you or anybody else is looking to sell, I want to make sure this community stays up really, really high. Mm-hmm. I'd love to talk to you about it because I want to make sure this stays really, really good. I love, I value your house. Your house is fantastic. You know, build them up, make sure, sure that they feel like they're valued sure. and you're going to take care of their legacy. Mm-hmm. Say, I would love to talk to you. No, not even like, like I'm going to buy it from you. I'd love to just talk to you and see if I can help you out in whatever way. And so you're getting more, number one, you're getting, you're having money, but number two, you're getting leads coming in mm-hmm. because when you're ready to buy, you want to make sure that you have, like money-wise, you want to make sure that you have leads coming in. But here's a great thing. I've even bought, not saying this in this area, this would actually happen, but because like I said, there's so many different options to buying real estate. I, because I'm an investor, people find me and I go out and tell everybody, like literally everybody, I tell right. I'm an investor. Right. I invest in real estate. Right. And so people bring deals to me, right. ones that, you know, they should be on the MLS to make a lot more money, but they bring it to me. And I said, you know, I'll help you out. I don't, I don't gouge them or anything, but mm-hmm. we make a good deal. We negotiate and I, we try to make sure it's a win, win, win. And then at the same time, I get a property that I could then, you know, be able to, it's generational wealth passed sure. down to my family. Sure. So does that make sense? Does that give you a good yeah, game yeah. plan for the next five years? Yeah, no, it, it, it absolutely does. My question is, on like, okay, so taking the money that you're making on the property, it wouldn't be then wise to take that money and pay down the mortgage that's there currently. I absolutely would not. Well, your risk tolerance is like, like I have one, uh, one fellow, uh, a friend of mine, his investor, he actually owns a conference. Um, actually, uh, one of the uh, owners of conf- uh, podcast movement, you, know, okay. you probably heard of it. Yeah. But um, uh, his wife wants to make sure that their house is paid off like that. Once they do that, then they feel comfortable okay. and they can then move on and buy another property. There are other people that they're, they're my risk tolerance is different than my wife. My wife was like, let's make, get rid of all the debt. And long story okay. short, I believe there's good debt and bad debt. Mm-hmm. Um, good debt is what's going to help you to buy more properties. See, now, mm-hmm. if you take that hundred, let's say, let's round it up. You make $100,000 this month or this year, which would be fantastic. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm super excited. I hope you do that. Yeah. Even if it's a half, it's, let's just shoot for 50,000. Sure. If you make $50,000 in this one year and put it towards the mortgage, then that's $50,000 less that you can't put into another property. Mm. So every penny that you go towards paying down the debt, it might be good because your equity gets, you know, your, your, um, uh, your, Principal goes down, so you have more equity, equity, but you have to touch, you have to tap into that and pull it out. Mm. But here's what I'm looking at. Right now, I have a, more, uh, a savings account, gives me like 2.5%. Well, interest rates right now, that um, if I'm borrowing money, is like 4, 4.5%. Mm-hmm. So I'm only paying like 2%, right. which it's ready for me to jump on a new property. But here's the big thing. My tenants are paying all that. So right. if you spend that money on, on the mortgage, that that's your risk tolerance, then absolutely do that. But what I've done, and how I built my business so fast. It took all that money and bought into another property. The great thing is the first property is already paying all that interest, all that Mm -hmm. principal, everything. Mm -hmm. You save that money. 
you put it in the next property, that next property is going to do the exact same thing. Then you refinance one or two, you buy that third property. Honestly, Scott, if you think you're in five years, you can get to five properties in five years, it probably would be three years if you did this route because mm. you're having, you're using your, you're using other people's money, mm. you're saving your money, you're putting it towards this. And in the end, you're going to have five different properties at a, in a faster time frame because you don't have to put up your own money to get it. You're basically using tenants money, using banks money and buying properties and making even more money. How is it when you're going to get that, uh, those, those new loans, those new mortgages, like if they're, what do you mean? At- how? Like, well, when you're, when you're doing that now, you're, they're, they're looking at also, yes, you have this piece of property and it's producing, but you're also, you're leveraged for more. So now you go to the next one and they're like, well, wait a minute, buddy. Like if this fails, we're on the hook now. You, you got to pay those guys and these guys, how does that come into play? Cause the more I would think the more that you would get that you're on the line for would make your chances of getting a loan harder. So in most banks allow you to have four four um, loans in your name. Okay. And if uh, the government itself, like the IRS says, you can have 10 loans in your name, but some banks have different criteria. So there's ways to work around it. Sure. And that's something that you have to work with each individual bank. But what I would do now is whoever the bank you talk to, I would com- go back to them. And if they can't do it, then go back to, uh, there's so many banks, there's so many brokers. So there's sure. so many different ways to do it. So find somebody that can actually get the job done. Okay. Now, what you're talking about is the debt to income ratio. Basically, how much debt do you have and how much it costs out of your pocket and how much income you have. Now, what's great is you have income that is coming in from this one property. Now, they're going to say debt to income ratio. Okay, well, you're making this much, you're spending this much, you have a lot of money coming in. So what it really comes down to is every single bank has different um, underwriting criteria. Mm. One might say your debt to income needs to be at most like 55% debt Mm. to income, or another one might be 45. So a Mm. lot of different banks, they all do it differently. It's whenever they, their um, uh, bankers have said, this is what you should do. Sure. But what you need to do is if you get a no someplace, that's just the next door to, to hopefully get a next yes. And okay. so you just keep finding other banks. But because you have income coming from this one property, because you have your business, because of all that, you're going to see, okay, I have this much income. I have this much debt. Yes, you're willing. We're willing to lend to you because you're valid. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it does. And I guess not looking at like the property as because that property is going to be able to show a good solid revenue stream. When if if I was doing the the lower income properties where I was only making two hundred and fifty dollars a month, maybe it would be something, but it wouldn't be that substantial. So that could absolutely, be, and that it all comes down to what the the underwriting from the banks. Yeah. Basically, what they say is, is, is it okay? Do we feel comfortable? Mm. Do we have enough risk tolerance to mm. land to Scott or mm. somebody else? And like I said, every in, in this business, it's just more about who you know mm. and who knows you. And so I go to at least three or four banks until I find one that actually can get the job done. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I I love that. And and speaking of like paying off your home, like I've I've thought of that. My my home is mostly paid off. Um, but um, when I came here, it was like. The, the, the rates were like three, not even three and a quarter. And so yep. I'm like, why would I ever pay that off? It's almost like free money. Like if I pay it off, then I got money that's locked up in a property that I'd have to, you know, do a line of credit or, or pull or whatever. Like, so I, I don't, that's a mindset shift, I think for a lot of people too, because you feel like, oh, my house is paid for, I'm safe. But in the same breath, it's like, if you have that kind of money sitting over here, well, if you did have a rainy day, then you can pay it off over there or you have it invested. But that's a whole nother discussion. But yeah, it's almost like free money. 
It is. And inflation itself is usually 3%. Right. So it's, it's just lying still for you. So, yeah. I, so I refinance my personal property uh, many, many times. So when the equity goes up or you know, just the market goes up or whatever it might be, I'll pull that money out. So here's to give you one specific example. So I pulled out, I think like $80,000 out of my property once. Mm-hmm. And I think my, the increase in interest pay or like total payments, interest in principal was like $300. Mm-hmm. Well, with the 80 grand, I turned around, I bought, I think three different properties. That first property paid for that increase, like mm-hmm. my profit of, you know, $250 or more paid for that increase. And then I bought two more properties that that was all passive income. So leveraging other people's money mm-hmm. and you leveraging the properties that you currently have. I've even bundled, like I said, four or five properties all in one to then buy another property. Now is your risk tolerance is, you know, it's a little more advanced strategies, sure, sure. which I, you know, definitely get into with all my students, but there's so many different options that if we, if we want to get there, we absolutely can. Mm. No, that's great. Good stuff, man. I could talk about this stuff for days because uh, I'm just intrigued by it. Um, I'm excited about it still. I mean, Hey, I'm not going to lie. I'm still like nervous about it. Like who wouldn't be right. It's like, you know, you just say to yourself, well, what if it doesn't rent for four months in a row, but looking at the track record of what he's done in the area that it is, I think we're going to be okay. And worst case, the safety net is I could just bail and sell the thing. Right. Um, one last question. And this is a little, again, uh, my, my own personal question, uh, and other people might have this question. Uh, how soon after would you ever think about refining that property? It's like, so my, it, pro- it, like my property right now. So, oh, you're, you're, per, you're resident, you're no, currently not living? the residents, the, the, the rental. It's when there's two different things, the, the amount of equity that is in the property and then the need at the time. Okay. So, I mean, you can even do just a home equity line of credit where you would be able to tap into the equity whenever you have it. So you had a bank beforehand. It's basically like a credit card mm-hmm. where the your house is the credit line. Mm-hmm. And so you can you know t- tap into the credit and pull it out so you to buy another property. What I usually do is cash out. So now if you're ready to buy now mm-hmm. and you have maybe $200,000 mm-hmm. in, um, uh, in equity right now that yeah. you can pull it, tap out. Now, banks would only normally give 75% to 80% of the total value of the home. So if it's a million dollar home, right. you go and pull out $800,000, that's including paying off your first mortgage if you're refinancing. So you sure. one mortgage number one, mortgage number two, right. you gotta pay off mortgage number one in order to get number, mortgage number two with right. the cash out. Sure. So you just need to have that um, all that in mind. Like I have a property that I wanna get, and then this is the equity that I have. Mm-hmm. How much money can I pull out of the property if it's feasible and I can actually right. do that, then great, I can go ahead and pull out and, put in that property. Right. And then at that point too, you'd be looking at like by pulling this, how much did my payment go up? Or maybe it stayed the same because the interest rate had dropped or whatever. You might be surprised or you might say, okay, I'm willing to increase my payment to whatever, you know, maybe it's an extra 200, $300 a month, but that's going to allow you to buy that other property or, you know, that other thing that you're, that you're trying to do. And, and that's another huge thing about, I love about real estate. So I've had many businesses and there's in other businesses, there's so many variable expenses mm. inside of real estate. Just about everything is a fixed expense that you can account for before you like you have your income and your expenses. They might rarely ever change, but there is one thing that I, I want to touch on that I, I forgot about until now. You mentioned that certain districts don't allow Airbnb, um, certain or VRB or like the, the short-term rentals, certain areas. But also, along with so definitely, you need to talk to your property manager. The property manager are going to be the ones that are going to tell you sure. uh, in whatever city, whatever state they know the laws. But here's another thing: I had um, I brought on somebody onto my podcast, and they were sharing their experience. So their first rental property they bought in Las Vegas. 
and they didn't read the HOA rules well enough that it literally says no rentals. You cannot rent the property. So he's stuck. He bought the property. He can't rent it out. And that's what he was going to do with it. So he had to sell it. I think he maybe just a wash and then bought a property like, you know, a block away. And then he rents that one out. So you definitely need to do your due diligence. And that's something that like that I love to do is helping as being a coach, helping mm-hmm. people is showing them, hey, there's so many different pit, not just how to do it, but mm-hmm. all the pitfalls that can come with it as well. Yeah, no, that's a big one. And yeah, that's a lesson I'm sure he learned pretty quickly. Oh, definitely. Never going to make that one, that mistake again, right? No, nope, wow. not at all. Yeah, ho- hopefully he washed his hands of that deal and, and learned his lesson, licked his wounds and moved on because that's a tough one. Uh, but uh, I actually had something similar to that, not with that, with rentals, but even just with a trademark. I thought like when you buy a domain name, this is, I'm going back like probably like eight, nine years ago, bought a domain. I'm like, oh, it's, it's on the registry for domains. It must be fine, you know, trademark free. And then a year later, after I've built this business and I got some momentum and I branded things, I got a phone call and a letter saying, you're violating a trademark and uh, we're either going to sue you or you're going to take it down. And so I worked out a deal with them. They actually let me direct all the traffic that I had built going towards a new domain. Um, they were cool about it, but I learned my lesson. Just because it's on GoDaddy does not mean that it's trademark free. <laughs> so do your Absolutely. homework. Uh, do your and, homework. In fact, it could be even the opposite way. Whereas if you buy a domain, yeah. and I've even seen this, yeah. where if you buy a domain, let's say Coca-Cola.com, yeah. and what Coca-Cola is the brand, they could come after you and say, this is ours. Give yeah. it to us. Yeah, yeah. Oh, abs- absolutely. So yeah, you got to be you got to be careful. But all right, so how can people get, uh, get in touch with you or learn more about this if they're interested in doing any investing, whether it's small, whether it's big? Um, how do they get in touch with you? How do they listen into your podcast? Give everybody the details. Yeah, thanks. So I love talking about real estate and not just real estate in general, but what it affords me. I can travel the world. I can, I don't have to work. It's just great. But so I have a couple things for you. One, I'll give you a free course. So if anybody listening wants to have a free course, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, all one word, okay. masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. And I'll give you a free download to get you started see if this is a route you want to go. But also masterpassiveincome.com is my website. And Master Passive Income is the podcast. So really just remember Master Passive Income, you should be able to find me. But I love talking about this. I love helping people. I, I was so blessed that I have so many properties, I don't have to work. And I love seeing my students actually get to that point where they don't have to work anymore. It's just a blessing to be a part of it. So yeah, go ahead and reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. Awesome. Dustin, this has been great. I, I, I love talking about this just in, in general, just real estate is interesting to me. I don't think it's ever going to go anywhere. And there, there was one thing that um, actually, and I'm not a huge fan of Grant Cardone, the, the big real estate guy, but the one thing that he did say one time that stuck with me was, you know, internet, you know, stuff, you know, online stuff can change and, you know, real estate can change, but everyone always is going to need a bed to sleep in. Right. So that's not really ever technology is never going to get rid of that. Right. And I'll I'll give you one more thing. Um, So you've heard the term or the the saying location, location, location. Mm -hmm. And my opinion in my business and real estate business, I scrap that like that's just Mm -hmm. bad advice for investors because Mm -hmm. everybody needs a place to live. So 100 percent right. Even if like I get a big question from a lot of people and saying, well, what happens if the market crashes or what happens if, you know, prices come down? Well, I say, number one, I don't care. Uh, it, it is a bummer, but mm-hmm. I still make passive income. Mm-hmm. They say, well, what happens if, you know, won't rents come down? I said, well, what happens when the market crashes? People cannot pay their mortgage. Mm-hmm. What happens if they get can't pay their mortgage? They get moved out of their, mor- their home mm-hmm. that they try to own. Then what happens to the pool of renters? The demand goes up mm-hmm. for my property because there's more more people, more supply of, of renters and less supply of property. So mm-hmm. all that to say, it's a great way to do it. But here, I, when you brought up Grant Cardone, so I, 
Grant Cardone, you know, he's himself. Mm-hmm. I actually try to not be like Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. I even got, I get coaching students say, man, I listen to your podcast and I'm going to you as a coach because you're not like Grant Cardone. Right. And I said, you know what? Honestly, to me, that's, that's a, it's a, a very good compliment. I, compliment. Thank you very much. But yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I mean, I get that too. I mean, when you're in this, in this space, you know, you get compared to, we call them the, the, the Lambro guys, the guys that are showing the Lambros and, and exactly. the Lambos. And they're like, look at me. I just launched on Amazon with one product in 30 days. I've got a Lambo. Want one? <laughs> Join my class, right? Like so, yeah. I'm 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 the same with you, man. So good, good, good time talking with you. And um, yeah, I'll I'll give everything out in the in the show notes as well. But Dustin, I just want to say thanks again, man. We'll probably have to have you back on, do a little update, probably pick your brain a little bit more. And uh, yeah, it'd be awesome to do that. But thanks again so much for coming on the show, man. Anytime, Scott. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Well, there you have it. A little bit of a deep dive, a little bit of a behind the scenes, like what I've been working on, some of the sticking points, some of the highlights, some of the things that I'm still not sure about moving forward. But you heard it here on this podcast. I've got a vision. I've got something that I want to achieve. I'm not sure if it's going to happen, but I would love to have three to five properties in the next five to seven years. All right. Now that's going to take a little bit of work. It's going to take a little bit of capital. But I am going to take this first year with this one that I have, and we're going to see where it leads. But side note, I'm actually taking the same mindset, this same idea, and I am looking to build online real estate. And then from there, I'm going to get it up to at least $1,000 per month net income. That is the goal for these properties. I'm looking at them as rental properties. I want you to think about this. This is how I think. Now, if you've you know heard my story here, either here on the podcast or if you've read the book, The Take Action Effect, then you know my story. I came from the construction world. Well, I look at this like, okay, I can create and build, okay, with workers and I can build a piece of real estate that gets traffic that I can then monetize without me having to go out there and invest a hundred or $200,000 in an Airbnb. So while I'm waiting for my next Airbnb and getting some capital up and where I can then leverage it and giving it a little bit of time to mature, why not take this same concept, this same principle and build some online real estate. And then from there, let's say in 12 months, I can build a piece of property and get it to a thousand dollars net. Now you heard Dustin, his goal is to invest in a piece of property and have it net $250 a month, right? And he might have to invest 20 or 30 or even $40,000 of his own money. What I'm looking to do is build these properties. I'm going to have a construction crew, if you will, and uh, and I'm going to go ahead and build these. Now, the cool thing is, and I'm, I'm not announcing it yet, but there's going to be a little bit of behind the scenes stuff that I'm going to be doing inside of a new program that I'm going to be doing here. And I'm not going to say too much, but uh, this is how I'm thinking. This is what I'm doing because I want properties that are not dependent on me, Scott Volker. All right. And if you're interested in that, you're going to want to stay tuned because we're going to be talking more about that. And if you're ready to go into the Airbnb world, then definitely reach out to Dustin and pick his brain. Smart guy, great guy. I definitely recommend checking him out and all of his free resources out there. All right, guys. So this episode is 737. If you want to grab the show notes, transcripts, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash 737. You can do it all over there on the blog, on the website. All right, guys, so that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you, and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to. Come on, say it with me. Say it loud. Say it proud. On the count of three, let's do it together. One, two, three. Take 
action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.